This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. I want to start off, though, with, uh, well, what was a frightening sight for an awful lot of us, of course, uh, as you drove along by the 403, uh, the plumes of black smoke that were rising up uh, by the uh, Paletta International Building in Burlington. A major fire broke out there in that that building, of course. Emergency crews called to the location at about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Flames could be seen way over on the east side of the building and for quite some distance, obviously, because of the intensity of the smoke. Burlington Mayor Rick Goldwing joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about uh, what's going on and what's happening since then. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Bill. Good morning. Well, talk to us about what you saw, how you heard about this yesterday. Well, I heard about it. We got an email, I guess, about, uh, I don't know, about four, 5 o'clock, quarter to 5 last night uh, from the fire chief uh, notifying uh, those of us on the list, the email list, that there was a significant fire underway at the Flutter International uh, Tenor Choice Foods uh, at Appleby and the, and the QEW. And, uh, yeah, it was obviously pretty extreme and uh, has had a significant impact on many people. Well, I, and the good news about this is we're told that there was everybody got out uh, when, the, when the alarm, I guess, went off and they, they got everybody out of there. So there's no loss of human life and nobody was injured that we know of anyway. Correct, correct. There was one minor injury to a firefighter, I believe, a twisted ankle or something like that, but very minor, and uh, but really impressive with the way the Burlington Fire Department uh, did the work that they needed to do, along with uh, mutual aid that came from the Hamilton and Oakville Fire Departments. Uh, it was, you know, tremendous uh, work that they did in putting out the fire, and I understand there's still some areas of concern that they're monitoring and they're still putting water on this morning. This is a major employer in this area, isn't it? It's a major employer, employ about 350, 400 people. Um, you know, my hearts go out to the employees. I mean, it's uncertain. It's early days as to what exactly is going to happen uh, with the business, but it was totally destroyed and, and destroying the lives of, of many uh, as well. And, and the Paletta family, this is a terrible uh, tragedy for the Paletta family and all their all their employees. Well, and, and recognizing they, they did sell the business a year ago, but they still have, Paletta still has their offices there. Sure on site. So this is uh, this is devastating on so many different fronts. Well, it's an iconic business, isn't it, Mr. Mayor? I mean, the, you know, the Palata family has been a, a, a landmark family in the community for many, many years. Oh, absolutely. And Pat Paletta was recognized uh, a number of years ago as the Distinguished Entrepreneur of the Year for Burlington. He came to Burlington in 1964 and established the business and, uh, and grew the business in a significant way. And the Palata family has been very involved in development in the city of Burlington as well as in philanthropy. They've made significant contributions to the Carpenter Hospice and the Joseph Brandt uh, Hospital. Uh, and that's, that's just a few. By the way, I'm on the GO train. That's why you're hearing some things in the background. I, as what, I, well, I knew I, when every time you have meetings to do with AMO and everything else, I know you use rail instead. Uh, yeah. But uh, have you been to the site yourself yet, Mr. Mayor? No, no, I haven't. I have not been to the site. Uh, last night there was some media asking me to, to meet them at the site, but the last thing that... Uh, the firefighters need and the professionals need is to have uh, politicians there <laughs> getting in the way. So, no, I wasn't there, but I was certainly uh, kept abreast of what was going on by our city manager and our fire chief all last evening. What about preparation for something like this? I know you had discussions with uh, Fire Chief Lazenby about uh, what had to happen, and I know that uh, when we've had large industrial fires in either Hamilton or Burlington the last little while, there's always a concern about content, but I believe that there are bylaws now that uh, that firefighters have a pretty good idea about what they're going to be facing before they go to an address. They do. I mean, the preparation for situations like this has never been better than it is now. As part of the you know emergency preparedness, uh, 
you know, firefighters uh, get a better understanding and do some research as to what, in fact, are in the different uh, buildings that we have in the city and the different uh, manufacturing plants, and uh, and also also understand what goes through uh, on rail in in our community. So uh, there's constant training and preparedness uh, happening um, to make sure that, you know, the residents of our communities are, are as safe as possible. I know you and I have had this discussion when you've been in here for the town halls, but uh, that's, uh, I guess, one of the underlying things that, that cities have to be aware of these days is emergency preparedness and, and drills. And I know that you do some mock situations uh, with uh, emergency service personnel, fire chief, chief of police, etc., and others, uh, to be ready when something like this happens so that everybody knows where they need to be and what they need to do. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know that there's mutual aid agreements in place that uh, if Hamilton's hit by an extreme situation, that... Burlington Fire will respond, and, and vice versa, and the same thing with our neighbor to the east being Oakville. So, you know, it was well orchestrated last night. I mean, there was 40 firefighters on, on site at the uh, at the peak of it, um, and we called in full-time firefighters to support the efforts of those that were, were working that day. And plus, we have volunteers in the city of Burlington. We called in our volunteers to, uh, to man the stations where our full-time firefighters were, were out on site because you have to be prepared if other calls come in, obviously, and you have one call that's taken away so many resources, you have to have a backup plan, and we do, and it was executed very well last night. Is uh, to your knowledge, is that everything? I don't want to say back to normal, obviously, because there's a there's a, a huge crater there, there's a fire there, and there, but I mean, traffic wise, are, are things back to normal now? Are roads open? Uh, yes, roads are open again. Okay, yeah, by it's, Appleby it's and Island. Immediate. Yeah, you know where the where the plan is is that at a at a dead end actually and so it's it, it, it is isolated in that area from a traffic point of view we uh, did try to reach up by the way to angelo paletta just a little while ago and he just he's just overwhelmed with stuff right now meeting with uh, people as you might expect so yeah i'm, I'm sure we'll hear from angelo and, and others about uh what's going to be happening from here on in obviously i guess some decisions have to be made about business about uh, rebuilding and things of that nature but this is probably not the time to be uh, getting into that there are other issues right now that have to take priority no, but absolutely. But I, I, my heart goes out to the employees and their families. Um, this, this, this is obviously a, a big hit at any time, but uh, at Christmas time, it's certainly something that uh, no, nobody needs at any time of year. But Christmas time, it hurts. I think that much more. Burning Mayor Rick Goldwing, uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for this. Appreciate the update. Thanks, Bill. You're, you're more than welcome. Okay, we'll Take talk care. again soon. Uh, Burlington Mayor Rick Goldwing on his. Uh, uh, train uh, taking the go train to Toronto for business meetings. Uh, he uh, obviously is on the board of directors for the Ontario Municipalities Association, uh, and having some meetings in Toronto about that. And and we echo those sentiments about the uh, the Paletta employees and uh, those that are affected by this. Uh, terrible anytime something like this happens. Uh, the good news is that there was no loss of life, a minor injury to uh, one of the firefighters, but uh, a, a landmark business. And that means something. Let's face it, we all see this and take it for granted as part of the landscape. As we're driving along the 403, either going or to or from Burlington. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll uh, get this thing resolved and uh, those people can uh, get back to work in some way, shape, or form in the not-too-distant future. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Uh, we have been talking about signs in the city for quite some time. Signs uh, at city limits, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, signs downtown, not a bad idea. Uh, and a number of different people have uh, chimed into the conversation over the last little while, including Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, that said, you know, one of the things we should do for the uh, Canada 150 celebrations is, is a Hamilton sign right by City Hall. Uh, but they were looking for private donors to do this. Well, they're starting to line up. 
I love that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, looks like uh, there's a list of available people right now that are going to put some money on the table to make this thing happen. P.J. McCanny for the Carmen's Group joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Hey, P.J., how are you doing today? Doing great, Bill. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about this project. Now, because you've been pretty vocal and pretty optimistic and pretty supportive of this idea. Absolutely. When Mayor Fred uh, reached out to me earlier in the year, I think it was uh, around springtime, uh, he shared with me the vision of, of the Hamilton sign and asked if, if I would be uh, agreeable to being a part of it. And I, and I signed up because, you know, I love the city of Hamilton. Obviously, the Mercanti family has deep roots here. It's the city that, uh, that has helped us immensely to grow our businesses. And so I was happy to step up and support the mayor with this initiative. And, and it was uh, reassuring and comforting for me when a lot of our colleagues uh, in the community uh, that we reached out to also expressed their enthusiasm for the project as well. So, so we're happy that we're getting closer to realizing the vision, the mayor's vision of this sign, and, uh, and that uh, it'll be here soon enough. Now, we sh- should actually be, be clear about this, because there are two different sign debates going on now. One is about a sign, a, a welcoming sign into the city, uh, right by the city limits, and I know that our friend Laura Babcock has been championing in that cause for the last little while. I, I still don't understand why that doesn't have more traction than it does, but, but that one's ongoing, and, and I know Laura's continuing to do that, and I know you're supportive of that idea, too. But this is one that, uh, that is supposedly going to go right down at City Hall, but even within that, PJ, there's a debate now about whether or not that's the best location. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I do, and I, I think that there's obviously merits to looking at locations all across the city, but the one benefit for me when, when the mayor said it was he was looking at uh, uh, having this at City Hall is uh, City Hall is one of the most, uh, you know, fo- is one of the focal points of, of the city. There's a lot of, obviously, activity and traffic around, around City Hall, so, so the Hamilton sign at that location will get a lot of eyeballs looking at it. If you look at uh, the number of cars that drive by Main Street every day, Main and Bay specifically, it's tremendous. So, you know, people have mentioned the escarpment, people have mentioned the waterfront, but to be perfectly honest, uh, the location of the sign in front of, in front of City Hall will have the most eyeballs uh, looking at it there. Uh, it's a great photo opportunity with it right behind, uh, or right in front of City Hall, and and you want it to be in a pedestrian area, and the great thing is that uh, City Hall is accessible from you know from downtown, and so there you know I, I see a lot of people um, make I, I envision a lot of people making the effort to to go out there and take pictures with it in front of City Hall. Well, even by process of elimination, because we've talked about it on the program, and and, and your point's well taken. I mean, the waterfront sounds like a kind of a cool idea because there's a lot of development that's going to be occurring down there uh, by Pier Seven and Eight. But as you know, there's there are not too many spots where you can actually see it unless you're actually standing right in front of it down there. I mean, even if you're going over the Des Jardins Bridge uh, over the west end of the city, there's only a small glimpse that you can actually get of the the West Harbor from there. So that's not a very ideal location. Uh, up on the escarpment, I know we put the Merry Christmas sign up there, but that wall by the Jolly Cat is falling apart now, uh, and that's a major project in and of itself. Or even if you want to do the Claremont access, your your point I think is bang on. City Hall in the forecourt there, has the best visibility for pedestrian, vehicular traffic, cycling traffic, whatever the case might be. Just about anybody who comes into the city, especially if they're coming in off the west end of the city, is going to go by City Hall. So why not there? No, absolutely. And and everybody that is, or a lot of people from out of town that are going to be coming into Hamilton are obviously going to be coming off Main Street. 
and 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 you know visiting the downtown amenities, the hotels, the the different facilities and restaurants. So a lot of out of towners will see that sign, uh, you know, at that very location. So so I certainly I certainly you know endorsed and was supportive of that location, and uh, and I know that uh, that you know during a lot of the busy. Uh, downtown events and festivals and 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 activities that a lot of Hamiltonians will take pride in you know in taking a picture uh, with this you know in front of the sign with the sign uh, showing their relatives from out of town or friends from out of town the sign uh, so I'm I'm I believe that it will be one of the most photographed locations in Hamilton in due course once it's uh, once it's erected. Well, talk to us about that. You're you're a smart guy. I, I mean, you and your, your your dad and your uncles, of course, have been you know fabulous folks for the community and and iconic business figures here. And and you and Joe, your brother, are doing the same stuff now with the hotel and with what's going on with the banquet facility. But there's a word that's in some people's minds it's a buzzword, PJ, but it's a very important word in business, and that's branding. And I think that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? Absolutely, and and this is a great branding opportunity for the city. Uh, you know, you look, you know, and people have made references to signs in other cities, but the the reality is on Instagram and on Facebook today, uh, a lot of the millennials are all about taking pictures in front of the the city, the city, you know, the city signs or the country signs. You know, they've mentioned Nice. You know, and if people that have been to Aruba have seen the Aruba sign and take pictures in front of that. Uh, so it's not uncommon for people to get excited about taking a picture in front of, you know, that region's sign or that city's sign or that country's sign. So this is a tremendous branding opportunity for Hamilton. And, uh, and, and I think that, uh, that its time has come. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of discussions about different types of signs, uh, but it's nice that finally there will be a sign at the very least, uh, you know, coming here to Hamilton and, and, and I think it's a matter of time before uh, before it becomes, uh, you know, one of the most uh, Instagrammed uh, locations in Hamilton. Well, I was just up in Ottawa a couple of weeks ago for Grey Cup, and and obviously there are landmarks up there. It's their nation's capital. But if you wanted to have a picture, and Rebecca wanted to have a shot, with, uh, you know, with us, uh, and you want in the background something that people easily can identify and say, oh, you're in Ottawa. You have to. It's pretty much the Parliament buildings. Uh, most of the other buildings just look like a lot of government buildings. Are you in Ottawa or are you in uh, Montreal? You don't really know. Uh, but and as a matter of fact, I went past the, Ham- the Ottawa City Hall. I didn't know it was the City Hall. It's just a little tiny sign in front. But Hamilton, mm-hmm. a big sign like this, that's, you're right, it's going to be a photo op. And every time that you take a shot like that, for, and we do get lots and lots of visitors in the city every year, uh, you got that Hamilton sign. You put that up on Twitter or on Instagram, everything else, and that's free advertising for the city. Well, absolutely, and 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 you know there there have been people that have referenced uh, you know the other signs in other cities, and you know that this one looks a lot like those ones. But you know at, the reality is well, it's spelled differently. Day, <laughs> for sure, at the end of the day, you know, a, you know, you, you need to have letters to, to to you know you know spell the name of a city or a country, and so letters are letters, English letters are English letters. So there is only so many ways you can spell Hamilton. Uh, but I, you know, I think that uh, the way that this sign is actually going to be uh, constructed and designed is u- very unique, and it is very Hamilton. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be a metallic steel-like uh, structure that actually uh, that actually um, will will be what the letters become. Uh, Hamilton Scenic Specialty uh, from Dundas is going to actually manufacture and install the sign, and uh, and there will be the ability to change the the uh, the lighting within the sign itself. So, you know, so there will be an ability to, 
to brand the or, or to change the colors to to mimic you know whatever uh, festivals or events are going uh, going on downtown and and, and have the, the you know the sign change to to reflect the branding of whatever that festival or event is uh, so i think that the that the way in which this sign is is uh, is going to be uh, coming to life is is very unique is very hamilton is very different than a lot of the other signs that uh, that are in a lot of the other cities uh, so i was you know certainly pleased and proud that a lot of uh, in, you know creativity went into the uh, the actual design of the sign. Well, one of the reasons I'm pleased that you guys are doing this is, is and this is a bit of a pet peeve I've had for quite some time, uh, God bless the building. I mean, I had this discussion when they were doing the renovations at the City Hall a couple of years ago, and I got into some uh, rather animated discussions with some of the councillors about whether that was money well spent. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the building at City Hall, uh, and I'm not a big fan of the forecourt there. I know that, that back in the 60s, 1960, that was the design, that was the way things were supposed to be, but it always just looks very benign to me, very bland, and I know they've tried to dress it up and they fill in some of the fountains and put some greenery, et cetera, but it's still kind of a, an uninviting place out there. This, this is an attraction now. It's going to draw your eye to that area, and I, I kind of like that idea. No, absolutely, and, and I think a lot of the people that, uh, that uh, su- have supported the project have uh, seen the vision of what it's going to do to City Hall and, and, and make uh, you know, City Hall more, more appealing and, and attractive. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, with the location of, of, of where City Hall is and the sign specifically, it will be, you know, very visible. And it, it, it is going to change the perception and image of, of, of our city, of our City Hall. Uh, so, you know, so we certainly, you know, see the merit uh, of that. And, 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 you know, everybody that uh, we showed the renderings to, uh, you know, their immediate reaction is, oh, wow, that's cool. And, and obviously... Uh, having it set against the backdrop of City Hall is 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 a key part to uh, to making this sign what it is what it will become. Uh, we should mention this is all, all local. I mean, the guys that are going to kick in the money here, yourself, uh, is pretty illustrious group. Obviously, the Carmen's group is involved in this, but the Mercanti family themselves. You guys are dipping into your own pockets to do this as well. Uh, for Lozani Homes, Fengate Real Estate Developments, the McKeel family, uh, Dan Laurie Insurance, Valerie Homes and uh, Valerie Properties, Leuna. Uh, Vrancor, Arcelormittal, DeFasco, uh, Sergio Manquia is going to be there with uh, Urban Core Developments, uh, Nick Carnicelli, and, and from Carriage Gate, uh, David Horwood from Effort Trust. Uh, these are guys that believe in the city, and, and are, are, that's, they're signing checks and investing in this city. So it really doesn't surprise me that these guys want to be in on this project. For sure, and, and for a lot of, a lot of them, uh, it was a very quick decision and an easy decision. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of these, uh, these uh, individuals and families have, uh, you know, have done well in the city of Hamilton. You know, they've, uh, they've, uh, built great businesses here. They've created jobs in Hamilton. Uh, they've invested millions upon millions of dollars into Hamilton. And, and, you know, they saw this as a great opportunity to, to give a gift back to the city that's given them so much. Uh, and so it was nice that, uh, that the private sector, uh, and, and a lot of, you know, individual families came together. Uh, in support of this initiative, and 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 you know the great thing is it's not using one cent of taxpayer money. You know, initially, uh, when when the story was released about the Hamilton sign, there was some um, mixed, um, I guess maybe misinterpretation that uh, that that the the city itself was financing and funding the sign, but in fact, it's the exact opposite. This is all. Uh, privately funded, um, and and it was these very individuals that 
and they're they're you know companies that have that have gotten behind it. You know, when we reached out to uh, to uh, to Leuna and you know Joe Mancinelli and Ricardo Percy specifically, they they stepped up right away. When uh, when I you know called uh, Paul Valeri uh, from Valerie Homes, uh, you know within half an hour he got back to me and said you know they're in. So uh, same with the Lozanis and 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 you know the others on the list. So there was immediate uh, immediate uh, response to this and. And I think that everybody that is that is behind the uh, the, the donations of the sign are are proud uh, are proud to, to to be a part of it. Uh, uh, my uncle Sam and my cousin Lisa, uh, who uh, you know who along with my father are are you know behind the Mercanti family donation. Yeah. Uh, you know they referenced my grandfather who came from uh, from Italy uh, with a hundred dollars uh, in his in his pockets, and you know so so you know they they were proud that so that you know we'll be able to honor my my grandparents' legacy and, and, and commitment and faith, uh, you know, to the city of Hamilton through this investment in the sign. And, and, you know, everybody that's, you know, a part of it will take pride whenever they drive past City Hall, uh, past, uh, you know, Main Street and Bay, and, and see the sign coming to life. Well, it's interesting that as I go down this list, and I include you and, and your brother Joe in this, this is, in many cases, PJ, second and third generation family members that are, are still giving back to the community. You mentioned, obviously, your grandparents and your dad and uncles. And and, and the same thing happens, uh, obviously, with uh, things like Fengate, the Serafini family, generation upon generation, uh, the Valerie family. Uh, these, are, these are people that are passing this legacy on, and you guys are picking up the mantle and saying, yeah, we're going to make Hamilton even better. No, absolutely. And, and, and you know, and, and, and referencing those names, I recall a conversation I just had with, uh, with Fred Lozani, and, and, and Fred said, you know what, PJ? Uh, you know, this is this is this is our city. This is the city that we love. Uh, I love Hamilton. I'm in. And and it was a very it was a, a a point of I guess pride, Hamilton pride, that that fueled this uh, this entire sign project. Uh, and so everybody that is that is obviously supporting it um, is 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 all about Hamilton. And and that's why it's it's exciting to see the names that are you know that that have made up this list. Uh, everybody loves this city. They've they've uh, you know built built their the foundation of their businesses and, and their families here in Hamilton. And 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 yeah, it is it is you know the majority are second generation uh, second generation businesses and families. Um, and and obviously a legacy company like ArcelorMittal DeFasco that has been around for you know for forever in, in in Hamilton and a big part of our history so it was nice that they also were one of the first ones to step up and support it's obviously they've uh, been behind so many Hamilton initiatives and this is another testament to their community goodwill and community in, uh, endeavors and you've got a local company that's going to be putting this whole thing together Hamilton scenic especially of course out of Dundas so this is this is just reeking of local flavor Absolutely, and 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 you know my my uh, you know I, I tip my hat to uh, to Mayor Fred. Um, you know he he had the the initiative and the initial vision to 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 make this happen. Obviously, the timing was 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 great with uh, the Canada uh, 150 uh, year. Uh, he wanted this to be a, a legacy project during this uh, during this uh, milestone year for for our country. And uh, and so naturally, that was a big uh, a big reason why a lot of people got excited about this too. Is that you know this will be uh, the the gift from the citizens of Hamilton and and the the businesses of Hamilton to the city. Um, and it's uh, it's essentially a gift to the city. It's 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 uh, you know going to be a Hamilton. Uh, we'd like to think a Hamilton landmark. 
and uh, and it's you know citizens of Hamilton that have gotten behind this and that are that are you know that are happy that it's going to be uh, coming to life. Uh, I I know that uh, that the mayor is uh, is hoping that uh, early in the new year it will be it will be uh, constructed. Um, but I know that the the approvals are are, are underway. The, the, the construction of the sign itself, the manufacturing of the sign itself is underway. So it's, it's going to be a matter of time before, before you know, we start driving down Main Street. And, and lo and behold, there's a beautiful new sign uh, right there in front of City Hall. Well, you and your group could actually school City Council on how to work together to get things done expeditiously. But that'll be a conversation, I guess, for another day. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, now that we got this positive vibe going, maybe we can get Laura Babcock's uh, initiative of getting a city sign uh, up and going, but uh, that's something City Council is going to have to deal with. It's a good news story, though, and that's what we need, a, a little bit of good news around here, too. Congratulations, PJ, to, to you and everybody for uh, getting involved in this project, and our thanks to all of you. It's going to look great. No, thank you, Bill, and, and, and I appreciate the time on, uh, on the show today and that, uh, that you're you know, helping us to celebrate this as a good news story because you know, that's truly what it is. Absolutely. We'll talk again soon. You got it. Thanks, Bill. P.J. McCanny, of course, from the Carmen's Group. The Hamilton sign will be a reality on the forecourt of Hamilton City Hall. Anything to dress that place up is a, a good idea. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. This uh, is an interesting proposal. Uh, the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce is involved in right now. The uh, Ch- Commerce uh, Chamber of Commerce is teaming up now with the Greater Kitchener-Waterloo and Cambridge Chambers. In support of a launch of a report entitled Up, Up, and Away, the Impact of Restrictive Municipal Tendering in Ontario. I know you're saying, what's that mean to me? Well, it's costing a lot of money. That's what it means to you. And it's the way that the uh, the cities uh, actually contract out when they have to build something and they want to find out who's out there. There's a tendering process that's supposed to work, and we're not so sure that it does. Joining us to talk about the policy and uh, what might be done about it is uh, Hasefa Saeed, who is a policy and research analyst with the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. Uh, thanks for coming in, by the way. It's good to see you. I know you had a meeting today. I guess uh, thanks for, for uh, switching things around for us. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's, uh, it's an important issue for all of us. Well, this is. And, and, and like I say, a, a lot of people might think, well, that's not really relevant to me. This is costing cities, including Hamilton, an awful lot of money, a significant amount of money. And it's been going on for quite some time. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and you, you were just mentioning before the interview that you were on council and, and you know, this was being discussed back then. So, um, you know, that, that's really what the study is finally showing from an a- economic point of view that um, Hamilton has been overpaying for uh, a variety of municipal public uh, contracts, uh, you know, and that includes anything from, you know, playgrounds, hockey arenas to, you know, gazebos and, and parks. Well, just and, think and of all the pools, stuff that everything. the city is involved in every year. Yeah. Yeah. And Hamilton almost, uh, the, the issue we're talking about applies to almost all sectors. In, in some other cities, like we were talking in Waterloo yesterday when the report was launched, like, you know, the, it's creeping up in a few sectors there and there. And then, you know, a few unions have filed uh, to cover a few other sectors. But Toronto and Hamilton stand out in the province as two cities where this is, you know, almost uh, available in almost every sector w- where they are closed uh, tendering environments. Uh, and, you know, uh, it is costing taxpayers significantly more. And uh, it's also, you know, arguably reducing the quality uh, of, of products, and uh, n- nothing against the work uh, of the unions that are working on the projects, but you know, basic economics and big, basic law of specialization would say is that some firms in the market are just better at doing certain things over over you know firms that are good at doing everything. So you know, I- in our membership and in Hamilton, we have firms that only do hockey arenas. Uh, you know, and, and if they're left out of um, 
bidding for a city of Hamilton project because it's restricted to a certain union, which is only employed by certain other companies, then, you know, you can put it together and say that perhaps we're not getting the best number of firms uh, applying for Hamilton projects because it's a closed tender environment, whereas you go to Brand, Brand County, you go to Halton, you go to all the other municipalities in and around Hamilton, and if they're open tender environment, which most of them are, uh, they can go for anyone and, and you know, um, Yeah, let's, let's, let's backtrack for just yeah, a yeah. second because I think a lot of people maybe have this perception on the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And they think that, uh, we'll use your example then, uh, say for the, let's, they're going to build an arena, okay, whatever the case yeah. might be. Uh, you'd think that, okay, we bought tenders. So anybody that's interested in bidding on this contract, yeah, they submit a bid, uh, and those bids are evaluated, and the lowest bid uh, that, that fits all the criteria gets the contract. Yeah. That's the way that it's supposed quality. to work, right? Yes. So you figure, okay, company ABC uh, had the lowest bid. They look like these guys really know what they're doing. You get it. Yeah. Uh, and the, the other bid's probably too high. Maybe they don't all check all the boxes, so they don't get it. But from what you're saying, it doesn't always work that way. It does because not work that Because that company that, way. that I just said won the bid may not even be, been able to qualify for it. No. T- they, they, they couldn't no. even bid in some of these cases. No. And, 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 you know, that's the big, small difference. And, and whenever we talk to, to this uh, to our members and business people, uh, you know, and they're completely mind-blown by this reality. This is an issue that's really not on the radars of a lot of people. I think a small part of it, this is because it only affects right now, like, four or five municipalities, like Sault Ste. Marie, Waterloo Region, us, and Toronto. Uh, so the province as a whole isn't really aware of it, but it could come anywhere, right? Because it's a provincial legislation. Um, and the technicality here is that there's some vague um, language within the uh, Labor Relations Act, whereas... Uh, a municipality can be construed as a construction employer. And when you are a construction employer, uh, you're supposed to be in the business of construction. And as such, any single labor union um, or their staff that already uh, do work for you can apply to be in a collective agreement with the entire city. So as a result, moving forward for that category, so let's say carpenters or, or you know metal workers, um, only that union can bid for those contracts. No one else. Um, and, and over here, we're not talking about unionized versus non-unionized environment. We're talking about if a certain union has um, the mandatory privilege of applying for bids uh, and construing Hamilton as a construction employer for their category, a, a company that h- hires non-unionized workers cannot apply for that. A company that is represented by another union cannot apply for that. So as a result, like what this study is finally showing, because we've been talking about it for a long time, is... Um, they did an evaluation of all the public bids that happen on Bidingo and, and all those RFP, you know, uh, websites that the city uses. And they said the pool of applicants in Hamilton for bids went down from around 91 to, you know, 15 or 16. Um, and, and, and in many other categories, it went down even but lower. They, but the better contract might have been those others that aren't Most even likely. allowed to qualify anymore. Most likely. Right? Like, uh, so, so in other words, economics. the bottom line is, uh, you're, you're a taxpayer, I'm a taxpayer. Yeah. And and it may not be a provincial problem, but it's a Hamilton problem, and that, that that impacts my property taxes. Yeah. So to use that arena example, suppose the cost of the arena is two million dollars. Just ballpark yeah. a number there. Uh, we might have to pay two point five million for that contract. Yeah. So, and it, that's not the lowest bid, but it's the only one that was available because yeah. the guy that could have done it less expensively and probably just as good a job in many cases is not even allowed to bid on the job. 
No, no, they're not. And I, and I think well, that's not right. I, I think that's what the numbers now are showing. Um, it, this, this study was done by uh, Cardis, but also University of Toronto professor uh, Morley Gunderson, who's a labor economist. Uh, so, so they worked, uh, you know, a few professors and this um, uh, think tank. They worked together, and what they did is a pricing analysis. So they said uh, for all the open contracts that were out in Hamilton over a ten-year period, we looked at the winning bid, and then they compared it to the average bid, the lowest bid, and the highest bid. And in all three categories, they found um, a, a very high escalation of the winning bid versus all the other bids that came in. So over the highest bid, the next highest bid from the winning bid, uh, the price differential was over 100%. Um, for the medium bid, it was also over 100%. And for the lowest bid, it was 92%. So in every single category, we're finding that for all the bids that were awarded to uh, for public sector contracts in Hamilton, uh, they came out way higher than they should have been according to basic market economics. Yeah, but you hear every year when we have budget discussions, and they've already started for 2018 already, uh, the council will say, well, we have an infrastructure deficit. And, and I'm not suggesting that if, if this gets rectified, the deficit goes away. I'm not. That, that's a little simplistic. But you're only making a bad situation worse if you're paying more for the work that has to be done than you really need to be paying. Absolutely, and, and I think that that's where what we're now seeing is that perhaps it's not about federal and provincial governments giving even more money to cover our deficits. Uh, perhaps another way to look at it is, well, well, what could the market provide a better solution if we just open up the tendering to allow all participants uh, to, you know, have an equal and fair shot at, at, you know, doing business? So why don't they do that? So I, I think I, I wish I knew the answer I, I, to that. I, I, it's, not your, it's not your question. Yeah, it's yeah. something we should be asking city council, yeah. I know. But uh, you guys have studied this, obviously. We and have. And, and we've been advocating on it at least, you know, in, in our current term as staff, like at, at least since 2014. So we passed an Ontario Chamber of Commerce resolution, and, and it's now uh, official policy of the Ontario Chamber that, uh, you know, municipalities and school boards should not be construction employers. It's as simple as that. Um, and, and there was a Bill 73 uh, in 2014 by an MPP from Mike Harris from Kishner yeah, yeah. Uh, that, you know, didn't really go anywhere because I think, I think there's not a lot of appetite in um, the uh, political parties to move forward on this issue. And e- even right now, none of the three political parties have, uh, you know, made a commitment to, you know, looking into this issue. Um, and, and, you know, our concern is that as, as a, you know, Chamber of Commerce representing businesses, we want a market where we have a large number of private sector construction workers, uh, a large number of private sector construction businesses, and, and you know, they're, they're able to bid on uh, city projects and be judged fairly and be allowed to do it. And, and you know, the, the theory would go that if they're all able to do that, our, our you know, our end products will be better um, and the prices will be lower. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting that this study actually proves that because we've been talking about it for a while and there wasn't much data out there on on whether or not what we're talking about is true outside of few consultant reports. Uh, but this study is purely econometric. It just looks at the prices and makes some assumptions about, you know, what the next bid was and what the next bid was, what the next bid was. And, and when you add it all up, every single winning bid um, was, you know, coming out higher on average. I'm surprised, though, that the province doesn't seem to want to pay more attention to this. And I get the fact that, okay, it's not a province-wide issue. Not yet. Yeah. But but certainly uh, it's their language in the, in the act Absolutely. that allows these guys to do this, and yeah. it's only going to get rectified if they yeah. if they tweak that. Yeah, and and all it takes is one vote of uh, you know uh, the so parliament. Why, why, why don't they want to jump in here? 
And, you know, and we haven't gotten much tra- traction. Like uh, the OCC has been pushing on it. We've been pushing on it. Uh, but, you know, the the uh, arguments haven't really stuck up to us on, on why they don't want to do it. But I think the issue is that this really hasn't become a major debate uh, at Queen's Park. Like this, there hasn't been many venues where all the MPs are in there in the room and then they're, you know, they're having a, a rational, you know, evidence-based discussion. It, the, the issue has always been frozen out at first reading or second reading of the bill and, and hasn't really moved forward to where the public can have a larger discussion. So I, th- I think that's, that's, that's one of the things that we would ask is, you know, uh, wh- whether wh- whatever the stance of the political parties is, like we would like an honest, rational, evidence-based debate on, you know, what are the taxpayers wanting out of their money? Like, if, if it's pu- publicly funded projects, um, you know, should it be available to all private players? Because this isn't about public versus private. This is certain private uh, unions who are able to get priority over other private unions and non-unionized uh, businesses. But here's here's the, the the concern here is obviously the impact it's having on tax player, the payers. That, that, that's yeah. obviously one of them. What about the unions themselves? Because, I mean, it seems as if some of the unions are getting blocked out here, too. Yes. It's actually kind of pitting one union against another here. It, it to is. a certain extent, it is. it is, and I think I think the as I understand in the in the union you know community like you know they don't really normally go after there's a, there's a sense of solidarity. But at yesterday's event, we did have a few unions there that were uh, supportive of this report because you know they feel that they can compete with the best of workers out there, best businesses out there in in any market. Uh, but you know if if in Hamilton and now increasingly in the region of Waterloo, if they're frozen out and not even given the chance, and then you know that's fundamental not fair because they're saying we're no different than other unions we provide you know workers rights we provide uh, collective bargaining we provide all the other amenities that any other union is offering uh, to a worker uh, you know what's different about us that we're not well the price is different ready. yes how do I know and I'm not suggesting this is happening but it leaves the possibility that they could simply inflate the price knowing that hey I'm probably the only company that's going to bid, maybe one or two others on this project. The other ones that could do a better job and more efficient uh, aren't even going to bid. So instead of charging 100000 bucks, I'm going to make my bid $175,000. Yeah. And the city's stuck. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think I'm not going to par- cast personal assertions, but, you know, if I go back to my fourth-year economics classes, which, you know, somehow I survived through, that's that's what you know market economics would yeah. say is that if there's a small number of players in a market there's there's some natural price hedging not not intentional let's just you know let's throw that off the table there's natural price hedging because I don't have to sharpen my pencil okay. as much as okay. I ordinarily would have because okay. because I know that that uh, safe is not going to be able to bid on this yeah yeah so he's not going to be a competitor for me so I can be a little more you know open minded and maybe I'll just See. charge more. Yes, yes, and, and and I think that's what the numbers are showing. Yeah, They've but then as a taxpayer, I'm saying, wait a second, I'm not getting the best price here. Maybe exactly. these guys are going to do exactly. a great job, exactly. but they're, they're overcharging me. But I don't know. One of the challenges is like this issue is so hard to explain to the average taxpayer. I mean, if I want if I yeah. want plumbing work done in my house, yeah, and I and 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 they they say that's the only plumber you can use, exactly. I have to pay their price. When you say it that way, it sounds very simple, but somehow within our public discourse, we haven't really been having those discussions. And I, I personally, but you that's know, where we should be having. I'm it, not sure because it's public money, and 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 that's what we're hoping with this report that now that we have some real numbers behind this, instead of speculation, instead of you know assertions, we have actual bid public bid documents you know the award is g- given out in in the public uh, realm you know the price is given out in public realm we just took all of that data uh, Cardis and the re- researchers did and we you know we we, we reviewed it um, and and you know we 
it's just being displayed uh, for, for, you know, your consumption. And, and it, it's just not making any qualitative judgments, it's just saying, here's what happened. And here's the next price. And, and here's the winning price for all of those contracts. What about, how's the city responding to this? So I, I mean, I know they know this is yeah. an issue with you guys, but now you've got hard and fast numbers yeah. for them. Well, we're looking forward to seeing the reaction. This only came out yesterday. So am I. <laughs> uh, but I know the, uh, at the city council, they had made some motions uh, in support of, of, you know, where our position is, which is that municipality should not be construction employees. I, I understand that the Association of Municipalities of Ontario also have a stance, uh, you know, against uh, um, close tendering. So, so I, I think municipalities understand it. But um, the, the, my view on it is that I don't think they've really taken much of a public role in, in terms of making this issue uh, more of an advocacy position. With can the, with, can with they change the it though, safer, or is that uh, well, because it's based on a provincial it, legislation? Uh, you know, the the view would be that if it is an issue for um, municipalities, and you know, they should be asking the province to look into it because at the end of the day, they're a function of the uh, province, and yeah. if they want to make the most out of the money they're given by the province and and serve their taxpayers without having to fight through all the cuts they have to make and all the difficult decisions they have to make every budget cycle as the city of Hamilton is right now to try not to have a big levy increase on taxpayers and perhaps the other way to look at it is you know what is it is it costing them to provide basic infrastructure services and right now this study would show that city of Hamilton is having a much harder time than you know city of Burlington and Oakville because they're an open tender environment so you know in some way you know perhaps we should have some sympathy for our councillors because they're hamstrung by by this by this you know uh, restriction where they can't go for um, a large number of you know bidders and, and, and choose through it and see what comes out. But it was a decision they made. In other words, Burlington Council, Halton Council, they chose not to do this. So or, or at least nobody's challenged it. Yeah, nobody's as, as challenged I, them yet. As I understand, yeah, it, it's not really in the hands of the city. So the story goes in Hamilton, one of the stories that's out there, and it's, it's in the news, so it's not really a story, is that in 2005, there were two carpenters working on a project over a weekend, I believe, and they faxed um, their notice that they would like to be recognized as the construction employers with the Carpenters Union to a fax number at the city that wasn't even used. So the city staff and solicitors were not even able to show up to the hearing where the Ontario Labor Board uh, awarded the Carpenters Union, you know, exclusivity uh, over contracts. So, so the city, on on their hand, didn't really have a choice, a, as I understand. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot more finer details. I know we're getting into the legalities of yeah, it now. Yeah, but the headline is that we're paying more for jobs than we probably Absolutely. should be. Absolutely. And it's not because somebody's gouging us. It's no. just because it's not a fair tender process. Yeah, and and that's just basic natural market economics. And the province could fix this if they wanted to. It's just one line change. All right. Well, as simple as that. Start flexing your muscle here at the chamber. No, you guys, no, you've done great work on this and it's it's very, very valued information uh, to understand exactly what's going on here. And I, and I wish the province would kind of wake up a little bit and, and understand the implication that it's having because it's costing us a lot more money than it probably should. Uh, you going to make a presentation to council on this? We're, we're, we're working with on that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Probably into the new year now since we're into December already. I uh, look forward to the response to that. Great to see you again, Hasefa. Thanks Thank for coming you. in today. Thanks for the great work on this. Thanks for having uh, me. Policy and Research Analyst, of course, for the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.